It's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Italy are the European champions. It's Monday, 12th of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushin Hunter-Raja. We didn't make it easy <laughs> for them. We pushed them all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Difficult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. So uh, that, there's that feeling again because Italy, of course, beat England on penalties after a one-all draw, in case you didn't know. Yeah. In case we're... Uh, I mean, you shouldn't use us as breaking news. We have no. said that many times over the years. Imagine flicking the football round on this morning kind of, I wonder what... Listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, I love their output so note, much, yeah. I want them to tell me what note, happened. Welcome to the Premier League preview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn, yeah. did you know the game was yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we go. I think it's... I think it's um, would it be only a couple of weeks until the magnificent Gorgi boys are back on? <laughs> <laughs> only, only you would know that. Listen, if you don't know, then we don't know. The thing that's upset me the most about England's uh, loss to Italy last night is the fact that we no longer have a 100% record in finals. Yes. England's 55-year wait for a major trophy goes on. It will be at least 56 years. Uh, and a half. And a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course. Which is why I say... You've got to go in on the UEFA Nations League. <laughs> that's, that's why Marcus is such an international football mentality monster because only a couple of minutes in he's going, right, next tournament. Yeah, next Move one. Move on to the next thing. Next one. You're like a little England pig and you've got your nose looking for truffles. I was going to call you the international football Tiger Woods, but I don't know. <laughs> an England international football, football pig. International football fan Tiger Woods. That's that. That's fine. Whatever whatever it is. I mean, Italy, they won their second year. Of course, it's their, it's their sixth major trophy. And, and what, a, what a story they have. Um, but we'll come on to them um, in a short while, of course. Um, I mean, it was quite something. I was at the match seeing England in a final, all the pomp and ceremony before the game. And I remember thinking, I've never seen this before an England game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You normally do it yourself, don't yeah. you? <laughs> it's a big blow-up trophy yeah. thing. Uh, it's weird because like, opening ceremonies are quite frustrating at the best of times. Yeah. And, you know, you watch a final as a neutral and, and there is that... That ple- there is that pleasure in that as a, as mm. an England fan, so you know that there's the, sure. two of the best teams. But then with your team in, you're like, fucking hurry, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get that little car off there! Yeah. I even turned against the car. Beautiful yeah. little gay car. I, I, was, I, was, I was like, oh, come on, just get on with it. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, it is because it is tense. I mean, you know, you, yeah. you, 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 I used a lot of nervous energy throughout the day. Yeah. I went for like a seven mile walk Did in, you? in the morning. And it just the day just dragged, and then when you get all that stuff before, and obviously I'm very grateful that I was able to watch it sure. in the final. But all that stuff seems to go on for quite a long time. <laughs> oh, it did. Yeah. And then you just kind of think, who who is this really for? Other than the kind of dignitaries that are up in that executive box or whatever. I know everyone else just wants to play the fucking game. It's I so feel f- like we should have had like Spain sat next to us in some way, almost like telling us how to use the cutlery. Is that right? You start from the outside end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The soup spoon. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you'll be disappointed because dessert is a penalty loss. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I know what you mean. And um, the Italy first team to win two uh, penalty shootouts in, in the same um, European Championship. And people, was, a friend of mine said, well, if it goes to penalties, you know, no team of, yes, but they have at World Cups. Yeah. Like, mm. that, that doesn't mean, you can isolate the European Championships, but actually you should extrapolate that out to international tournaments. You were right to point it out like a week or so ago. Like, it's, it's, a, it's such a cherry-picked stat. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They've got Donna Rimmer in goal. The yeah. man is a wall. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there we are. But England, the game began, of course, and England played a 3-4-3. 
And I, I you know, Southgate surprised me with the three four three. I'm generally not a fan of it. And I thought to myself, okay, he's obviously worried about um, Italy. They are the best side that England uh, will uh, have faced, of course, at this tournament. And you know, Italy have been the best side at this championship. You can't really argue too much with that, I don't think. I mean, obviously, mm. Spain will have felt they maybe should have done more in the semi final. But over seven games, if you have to scrape and battle your way through. And you get through. You have to give kudos there. But England start with the three four three. What did you make of that? Did you sort of think, "Ooh, it's a little bit conservative"? No, I understand. I mean, after two minutes, I was bro- I was broadly in favour of it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> Working to a T. Yeah. So, just a bit having been able to think about this um, overnight, one of the things that I um, kind of ascertained from the four three three. Yeah. Was it sorry the three four three? Was that it was done as Luke pointed out on the Saturday show to basically just cluster them in the, in the middle mm. as, as best as possible. Mm. But I think in the without going down the stereotypical route of saying we scored too early, I think they were surprised at how early they scored and therefore found themselves in this weird bind where they were mm. trying to do something to Italy that Italy weren't even doing. Yeah, because England controlled those twenty minutes so well, mm-hmm. and I think they. I mean, I'd love to, well, I'd, I'd have to watch it back. But part of me felt in the moment that I think I think they seem in a little bit of a halfway house here because I feel like they could have created a little bit more when they had the ball, um, but they kept, they were stuck in their positions. And because Italy was so, I suppose, shell-shocked at the beginning, that there was nothing to counter. That, four, that three or four three works really well, as it did for the goal, when people are, pressing, people are pushing onto you and then you have... Basically, three different outlets, you yeah. know, through the, through the middle or out wide. Well, we saw Germany do that to Portugal. Yeah, when you, the mm. ball's coming in, man at the back post, bang, which is exactly what the first goal was. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, and then because we've heard the word overload a lot in this tournament, haven't we? We have control yes. overload and transitions, and transition, and whatever. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so because of that, I, I mean, I wouldn't know how he would have he would have done it per se, but I wondered if we could have had an in-game tweak even then. Think, actually, we're we're all over these. Mm. 10 minutes, let's go 4 3 3. Five minutes, let's go 4 3 3. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can pick off from them. Um, but again, I'm just wise after the event. I, th- I think it, it showed how Southgate was a bit late to react in the second half. Well, I mean, he didn't react in the second half, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it just made the whole thing seem a little bit more clustered. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's tricky, Luke, isn't it? When you, I don't go in for the whole you've scored too early. That's a very English thing to say. I think if you get a goal, you get the goal kind of thing. But it was always going to be difficult to shut Italy out for sort of 88 minutes or whatever yeah. it would be. <laughs> Um, get to half time and then maybe rethink. How did you see it play out? Well, I think I think people say oh, you score too early. It's, it, it needs to be contextualised, and the context, the context of this is that England scored when they scored, and it meant that they didn't, they didn't kind of for me, they didn't feel like they executed their plan. Mm-hmm. I think you would have got a better chance of England executing their plan because it's the plan they've used throughout the tournament. If it had been nil nil after sixty minutes, mm-hmm. because they they didn't know whether to come or go yeah. after mm-hmm. they scored, and I think. What we saw was, I've been in support of Southgate, as I think we all have more broadly, and but hopefully you'll forgive me for saying this, throughout the tournament I've said, look, he knows what he wants to do and this is what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean it was going to work, didn't mean they were going to win, but uh, and, and I think actually whatever happened against Italy last night, Italy were the better team. But what he's done so far is he's got it to wherever he's got it 
60 odd minutes in and he's brought subs on to try and mm-hmm. play, try and kind of affect the game because they've got a deep bench and because they can present different challenges to mm-hmm. other teams' defences. Now, of course, sometimes you don't need to do that. Against Ukraine, didn't need to do that. But against Denmark, it worked fairly well. They were in control of the game and it worked well against Germany. I don't like the 3 4 3 either. I mean, people will say, I'll roll their eyes and go, yeah, well, you can say that the day after a game. We did an England, a nine part England show leading up to this tournament. <laughs> Turn everyone, we didn't like 3 4 3 every yeah. fucking week. So, uh-huh. I, I, I felt like it gives them an overload in the middle. You're relying on players like Mount and Kane to drop in. I I understand that if you matched them with a the 4-3-3, it feels like a little, we, they played 3-4-3 three, three against Germany because they matched them because they mm-hmm. thought they were better. They're not better than Italy. And what this comes down to, I think, is if you're not better than the team you're playing against, you've got to think of a way of solving that puzzle. Mm. And I don't know if England have shown that they can solve that kind of puzzle throughout this tournament, and and thus it came to pass. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, we t- and on Friday as well, I think, but particularly on Saturday, that was the show I was on, we talked about the best chance England have is to match Italy as much as they can in those strong areas, is to defend really well against those three buzzy little forwards, which I think mm-hmm. they did actually quite well, yeah. and and then beat them at fullback. At fullback, Emerson and Lorenzo, I don't want to take anything away from them because they, they're European champions and good for them. They're they're ordinary players. Mm. England are much better. Oh, Spinazzola was a huge miss, massive loss. Yeah, and 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 you don't need to take my word for it. It worked in the first ten or fifteen minutes. It was constant the amount of space they were getting, mm. and I felt like they didn't quite have the problem solving ability to to break Italy down properly mm-hmm. and kind of dictate the play. And, and very very quickly, it looked like to me they tried England tried to play the same way they played against other teams that aren't as good as Italy. Yeah. And Italy are a half a second quicker closing down an angle, yeah, yeah. half a second quicker right, to snap yeah. into a tackle. Mm. And England couldn't up their game and they couldn't adjust. So if you're in a position where you can't be quicker mm-hmm. and you can't adjust how you play, you're going to come off a second best. And that's and ultimately, that's essentially what happened. Yeah. I mean, Italy, they've you know they've had a long tournament, extra time and so on and, and, and whatnot, and played better teams than England, you would say, certainly in the, in the knockouts. And for a team who beats a stubborn Austria side, uh, okay, people say, well, it went to its time, they won. Um, a Belgium side and then a very good Spain side who really peaked in that semi-final and then, of course, beat the hosts. Uh, well, I say the hosts, you know, playing yeah, yeah. at home. Um, you know, they, they deserve their, their their gold medals. But there were shades there were shades of this vish um, of Russia 2018 in that the draw was kind to England and it opened up. And I said at the time, and I've said recently, I remember thinking England should get to a semi-final here, which was, you know, that was a, that was a, a that was progression. So I've been to a semi-final since you know the nineties, um, and they did. But when they came up against the Cania side, a bit more of a streetwise side, then they came unstuck, and it was, and you saw that Southgate had really studied that, and he thought, okay, we've we're learning lessons, we've learnt lessons, but you can, you know, you're always learning, and. As it, it's similar, um, you, you, it was similar to what happened there in that the draw opens up and you think England should get to the final. They get to the final, they play perhaps a more scannier side, a little bit more streetwise side. And there were shades of that England, a few long balls, a few hurried clearances. Italy had what, 60 odd percent possession. They were closing down the angles. And there was a, there were, not as strong as it's been in the past, but there was a hint of the bad old England. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There were a few um, Harry Maguire passes that. Stick in the mind mm. that I think I've, I thought about when I closed my eyes last night and <laughs> when I opened them again this morning. <laughs> I think the one of the things that was a huge blow for me was the injury to Phil Foden because there was a moment. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There was a moment about yes. 65 minutes, yep. 70 in, where mm. and it was 
perhaps a 15, 20 minute period mm. where Italy completely flipped the possession stats. Yeah. And I think uh, a, a stat came up on, on TV mm. that said something like they had, they had like 70% possession in the last 10 minutes. Mm. And they obviously went on to get however much by the end of the game. And I think what England really struggled with was when they, they tried to move the ball quickly but it's not just passing to move the ball quickly. And what Foden gives you, especially in that central area, yeah. is he, he gives you that big player vibe of carrying the ball forward and yep. then passing the ball forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a problem all night. I agree with I, yeah. I, think, I think even in the first half, you look at it and you go, okay, on paper, mm-hmm. come what may, England were 30 minutes away from winning the major tournament, right? Mm-hmm. In the first half, I thought the coverage of how England played in that first half was way over the top. Well, I watched that back and the pundits were purring. And what, actually... what were they saying? They were saying that it was, you know, so far so good, job well done, all mm. the rest of it. Actually, what I saw, and I've seen this throughout the tournament from England, but the difference being that the teams England have played haven't been as good as them. Mm. They overplay the ball all the time. Yeah. They don't release the ball quick enough. They show good feet in tight areas. Mm. And but ultimately it becomes completely pointless because they get caught in possession or they give the ball away. Or that and it was all of that, like being it was like that last night throughout the game, really. Like it was like being visited by the ghost of tournament past. By the end of it. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, it was. Yeah. The shape went, the discipline went. You could see them. You, if you watch a game closely of well, that The shape magnitude, was there, which is why Italy didn't really create much. The shape was there for part of the game. The shape was there, was there but I think it was a little bit too deep as well. Okay, yeah, Very yeah, deep, yeah, okay, okay. and a lot of defending became quite last ditch, yeah. which doesn't necessarily mean, in my opinion, you've mm-hmm. got a great shape. Mm-hmm. And I think you could, you, you, if you watch the game closely, a game of this magnitude, you can watch the pendulum swing, the momentum yeah. flows. That's why I thought... For example, what Chiesa did mm. when he he seemed to act like he thought Italy were winning the game when it was one all. He went down for ages. Yeah, just couldn't decide whether he wanted to come off or not. Yeah, yeah, trotted yeah. around, walked here, there, and everywhere. Slowed it down, and Italy were miles on top. If I was if I was Chiellini at that point, yeah. I'd have been shaking him, saying, <laughs> "What he did is he gave the momentum back to England for about five minutes, yeah. but because England's yeah. shape was so poor, they lost it again. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get a grip on the game. They mm. they they they." They, for the first 10 or 15 minutes, they were pretty good. That Italy got massively caught napping, and it was probably the best thing that happened but to But the ho- home team as well, it's always going to be the momentum. And, and Mancini changes it. Yeah. England win that, mm. England score that goal. Mm. There's an, as, to use that word again, there's overloads on both flanks. Mm-hmm. Shaw's a great um, finish from a brilliant ball over. And I mean, you can see Mancini go, right, okay. We're, we're, we're vulnerable here in these areas mm. and he changed it mm. and, and Southgate wasn't able to change it that's not me saying I don't think Southgate's worthy of whatever he's achieved he's done brilliantly they've been a good team they're the second best team in this tournament but he wasn't able to change the situation for England and wrestle control back of the game and that's ultimately why they lost mm-hmm. this game last night was a battle between the two best teams in the tournament to find out who was best yeah. and Italy were best and they yeah. should be congratulated and, for and I think that's I mean that's one of the sort of things that actually when, when the game Finish obviously went to penalties and all. I just remember th- sitting there thinking, "You got to be philosophical," because uh, <laughs> yeah. my goodness, as an England fan, you get plenty of opportunities to do so. <laughs> and uh, and I just thought, yeah, the best team has won this tournament, and their story is incredible. The way Mancini himself, um, when 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 he took over Italy, Italy had been terrible. First round of the 2014 World Cup, same group as England, of course. Despite beating England at that tournament, they went out the first round. 2018 didn't even qualify for, for, for the World Cup there. 2016, sorry, in between Euros. Uh, did okay, did a great win against Spain, if my memory serves me well. Conte mm. was in charge, but lost on penalties to Germany uh, and they would have been very disappointed. He picked that team up and, and the spirit they've shown throughout the tournament has been magnificent. And also as well, one thing actually 
that has been interesting is people might say, you know, play your way into a tournament. And as France have shown and as Portugal have shown, even though Portugal was perhaps by sort of attrition and a bit of good fortune rather than, than management, nobody judges or oh, will get three draws and go through into you know, 2016. Yeah. But, you know, play your way into the tournament. Italy, Italy hit the ground running the, the way they beat Turkey, okay, <laughs> Turkey with the whipping boys. But they were great throughout the tournament. And it was only against Spain where they needed to, to, to show a bit of character, which they did and went through. But Mancini as well, he remembers Wembley as a Sampdoria player when they were beaten by Barcelona, mm-hmm. of course. So he's got his own little uh, narrative there, as Lombardo and, and Viali were in that side as well on the bench. So it is an incredible story with this Italian side. Of course, England's narrative was with Southgate, with the penalties, with all that kind of stuff. And I said on the show a day or two ago, um, whenever it was, that if England lose to Italy on penalties, I don't think it will be a disaster like it was in the past. And I genuinely think that, actually. I, I, I understand that this is, oh, penalties again and so on. But I just feel that when Italy equalised, I thought to myself, the problem is with the dynamic, it, it really is, is quite set now. And to try and reverse that is going to be difficult. And when Italy yeah. equalised, I thought penalties might be England's best bet here. And I don't fancy us on penalties because of big Donnarumma in goal. Now, the, the yeah. fact is that Pickford saved as many as Donnarumma in the penalty day. It was, of course, Rashford who... who Pickford, who was brilliant yesterday. He was brilliant. And, and I, was, I, I was so impressed with him. Even even the goal he conceded. Well, that, even the goal. Uh, people, it, said that, people said, oh, could he have done better? Yeah, brilliant save. I thought it was a great <laughs> save onto yeah. the post, yeah. Look, look. I, I think, I think. You, Sorry, I've, I've said a lot there. No, but, you're yeah. right. You're right to pick up on that, Fish. I think, but by probably about maybe 45 minutes in the semi-final, yeah. he was a little bit shaky. I think he's been outstanding. Mm. I think you, you'd have to really, um, you'd have to be really nitpicky. Um, I don't know, maybe that is the role of this show. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so you got, you got, to, you know, you got to talk about something. Yeah. Um, you have to be really nitpicky though to criticise the team that, that England have, have put out and, and what they've been able to achieve. They've they've been the second best team in a tournament. Only one team can win it. And and that's just the, the fact of the matter. Italy are a very good team. Mm. To people, the people coming into this tournament, I mean, I can't really remember. I might have even been one of them saying that um, they don't have any standout kind of world class players. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to question that. I mean, Jorginho's won the Champions League at Chelsea, and he's just won. Well, Donnarumma's Donnarumma's the best goalkeeper you could yeah. argue in the world. I mean, the two centre backs they may be getting on a bit in years, but my goodness, Benucci, but, but England, and, but England and that's the thing, right? That is absolutely right to point that out. They both picked up yellows mm-hmm. and they weren't really put on. I thought Kane did a brilliant job of occupying them in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with those two, you have to drag them into places they don't want to go. Yeah. That's why Spain had so much joy. We yeah. said that again. Sorry to keep going on about it. But we said that on Saturday. You either need to pull them into areas mm. they don't want to be in. And I think Rio Ferdinand pointed it out in the pre-match build-up talking about how Spain were able to score their goal by yeah. dra- dragging yeah. killing it out. Think. Almo is a false nine. Was, yeah. was that, yeah. yeah. Or, you need to, um, or you need to pull them out into wide areas mm because they don't want to be there, or you need to make them run back towards their goal. If, 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 the, if the game's entirely in front of them, they'll dominate. But do you think, though, that there has been a bit of criticism over Southgate, the team selection but the, and the substitutes, but the boldness. Do you think that England could have been a bit bolder-ish? Do you know what I mean? Is that the regret? Because I sort of think to myself, you know what, I think whatever England would have done, I think it would have probably sort of played out similarly to, to, to what it did. But people go, no, 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 we could have gone from a bit of pace on the wings, like run at the defenders and so on. It's easier said than done, Sometimes when you say, "Well, just go at them," you think, "Well, but they're starved." Sorry to cut in, but they're starved of the ball. That's the problem. But do you, People, but do, but do you but, think there's regret there with England? Or maybe, what? but it's not up to them, is it? Mm. It's, it's, there's another team playing as well, well yeah, and no, they've got no. two thirds of the ball. And and, and and people will say stuff like that, and they'll say stuff like, "Oh, I'd rather we got beat four one than tried." You, you, well, people say that until they get fucking beat four <laughs> one. No, I, I and mean, they go, "This is a disgrace. Yeah, we're fine. We've embarrassed ourselves." No, no, of course. But, it's fine margins. Isn't but it? what do you think? Yeah. Do, do you think that, that? Do you look at that and you think, oh, but maybe could have made a, 
a few steps. Maybe could have been on the front foot a bit more. Maybe played a 4-3-3 and try and... That goal that England scored against Denmark, when it, of course it was an own goal, but that slipped from Saka to Raheem Sterling. We never really saw much of that. You know, they, they didn't have a lot of pace at the back, Italy. I did think that um, in the opening 15 minutes where Kane decided to turn into Pirlo, mm. and I thought, <laughs> he's playing those kind of passes, we need to give him those kind of options mm-hmm. and then thought, well, actually, where are they going to come from? Because Trippier's not always going to yep. make that run. And it was interesting, you know, for the Trippier goal, Carl Walker bust a gut to to yeah. get down on, on the outside. But even within that, we was shown the effort. It had to be on the counter. It had to be on the left, moving to the right. And it mm-hmm. had to be, you know, the, the quickest bloke on the pitch bombing down. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, yes, I, maybe in hindsight, I wouldn't have said that, you know, I, I, I didn't say that before, but I would say it's a lesson to take forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, th- I think one of the things that's been quite interesting in this tournament is that you can have structure, <clears throat> you can have discipline, but within those parameters, mm-hmm. you can also impart pace, you can impart a bit of ingenuity. And that's what Italy have done, really. I see that Italian team, and I think, you know, we, we talk about, you know, I, I wrote in, in one of my previews, you know, Insignia and. Um, and uh, Chiesa, Chiesa, they almost yeah. use the touchline as like, you know, tight ropes in a wrestling ring, just bouncing off it and, and flinging <laughs> yeah, inside. Yeah. But everything around them is structured. Even Immobile is just in the middle. I'm going to be this. I'll, I'll be mm. with the center max. I'll be, you know, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. But basically do your thing. The middle three. What's really cool, actually, is you know, we touched on a bit with what you said about Mancini. He's done a lot of similar things that Southgate has done mm. in terms of... Oh, it's similar. It's quite a mirroring of the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, even right down to, you know, you obviously named the high-profile names there, but it's quite cool that Immobile, Verratti and um, Insignia were all part of like a 2011 team for Pescara. Yeah. Who won promotion. This has been something that's been bubbling on for a while that mm-hmm. people haven't mm-hmm. necessarily been open to in Italy. And it's yeah. quite cool that it's coming to the, yeah. coming to the fore at the moment. Um, and you you look at that core there, and uh, so what? Berardi's twenty six. You've got Locatelli. You've got um, Barella, Chiesa, Barella, mm-hmm. uh, and Donnarumma as well. There there is a pretty special thing happening there that there is, has, yeah. has just snuck up on us all. Um, and while they're going to go on their own journey, I th- I think England's next step is for Southgate to learn from this. And I think I know we'll talk about it in the second half of the show, but but I I do think there needs to be a bit more. They have to learn from a, bit, a bit, bit more on the front they, foot. Yeah, I mean, they've they did learn they, from they Russia. Have, they have no right to be dictators who yeah, I think they have learned the from. Have. Yeah, you're right. Sorry to, to cut in. You, you, uh, just on that, people think it was a bit of a below par Italian side. It wasn't just because no. you haven't got some of the huge names of the past. Yeah. But to be honest with you, you could say that about England. You could say that about but so, hardly so many other anyone knows how good teams are. Exactly, like, yeah. especially in international tournaments, yeah. because most people don't watch uh, fucking football but, until the international tournament uh, comes along. Yeah, absolutely. But on the sort of the learning front, I do think that England did learn from from Russia. But it, you have to remember that Mancini is much longer coaching career than say some of the South. Yeah, South-care. and and I think England's path to the final to uh, this this year was I personally think was tougher than in 2018. And I think if you take mm. the fact that they've gone five years since being knocked out by Iceland and being really the, the, the dear of, of the England team in this generation, mm. in five years are now you know half an hour away from winning something. That's a yeah. journey to be celebrated. Yeah, but ultimately, you know, we have to get over this. And I know that you and Andy, we talked about it, you, you, me and Andy on the show before, Marcus, and you guys can't disagree with me, but the point I was making then, and I'll kind of make it again now, maybe I'll make it better. Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. Um, but it, it's that you, it's all very well mm. to be 
The mood in the camp is great. Everyone gets on really well. We've instilled a culture. Let's get some pool inflatables out. That's all good. Mm. And, that, and the culture is really important because the culture wasn't there before. Yep. But the whole point of the culture is to win things. And the whole point of a final is to win it. And England weren't able to do it last night because Italy were better. And because unfortunately, it gives me no pleasure to say it, that Gareth Southgate and, and Steve Holland were outcoached by Roberto Mancini and his team because Mancini was able to change it during the game mm-hmm. and give the momentum to Italy. And they were able to get over the line and England weren't. Now... I mean, it was still one all after 120 minutes. It was, minutes. and I was going to say, if England were to win it on penalties, yeah. I'd have felt a little bit like, do you remember when in Euro 2012 we took Italy to penalties and they dominated the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they thought this would be an absolute robbery. Oh, but, 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 <laughs> it wasn't yeah, quite as 2012 bad. 2012 was very similar, different. Similar energy, though. Italy were the better team then and they were the better team last night. Mm, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the penalties. We have to talk about the penalties. I mean, like I say, with Donnarumma in goal and with the takers that Italy had... You know, Trippi would have been one to take one, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for England, it, it wasn't on the pitch. You know, it started, you know, Kane waxes in and uh, and Maguire's penalty was magnificent. That, by the way, you can't overstate how good that penalty Absolutely. was. Absolutely. smashed a camera. Absolutely. I like the fact, because the camera in that corner distorts everything. You know, it's like those mirrors you get. On, it's got on like the... a fisheye lens. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it makes your head look bigger than it is. And I wonder yeah. if he thought, well, that's, that's doing me no favours. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Take that out for a start. <laughs> Finally take it back. Uh, but... <laughs> get my revenge on that fucker. <laughs> but, but, yeah. <laughs> but even even when Pickford saved, I did think to myself, I, I will not celebrate until you know if England win, kind of thing, because there was so much more to go. And, and the, the nerve of Pickford. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, Jorginho should have been sent off. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, without a doubt, I 100%. cannot believe he never got sent off. But there we are. It's all it's all futile now. And and this is also futile. And it's not even a, con- a consolation. But I'm glad Pickford saved his penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you know what well, I mean. And, and, you know, it's not that. It's not necessarily. Uh, that's a really important point, I think, because what tends to happen. You guys have talked about, or you've at least alluded to, to talk about the penalties. Talking mm. about the fact that really any right-thinking person, you're gonna get fucking dickheads. Obviously, you're always yep. gonna get dickheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the the, the attitude towards penalty takers for England has changed. In the 90s, Southgate um, was, a, was, a, was a pariah. Mm-hmm. Beckham for getting sent off against Argentina yeah, was a yeah, pariah. Yeah. It's all about blaming individuals. Mm. Well, actually, it's a mirroring now of how the fact that we don't put all our hopes on one player anymore. You've got yeah. that Grealish thing, but he's a fairly peripheral player in yeah. real terms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we're not, I don't really think we'll see the, the wider community who support football in England blame these penalty takers individually. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately someone's got to step up and take them and someone's and, and and so we have to we have to understand that if you if you start bringing these variables in I know I talk about this a lot and you start mucking around you can it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come back and bite you at some point mm-hmm. I, I feel like the way the penalties were taken and the the people who are selected to take the penalties to me easy for me to say from the sidelines it felt like the wrong decision at the time mm. and it feels like the wrong decision now. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that Raheem Sterling didn't take one before because he has taken penalties um, at club level and he took one, I think, in the UEFA Nations League. And again, you can tell, it's still, it's still that thing. I think Saka's only taken one for Arsenal at youth level. And okay, To give him the fifth, after the way he performed, yeah. I've got nothing against him. He seems like a great kid and he's got an amazing future. Sure, He was poor last night mm. and that's a, that's a polite way of saying it. He was poor. And the, I think the occasion got to him. Well, actually, that's probably unfair. I don't know why he was poor, but he, he was. I thought his contribution mm-hmm. was poor. For him to step up and take a pivotal fifth penalty at his yeah. age with the performance he just put in, mm-hmm. I thought was disrespectful to him and and was a dereliction of duty. And I don't want to criticise Southgate untowardly because I think it's unfair to do so. 
But for him to come out and say, well, he's looked really good in training, yeah. is I think is a really, really poor explanation. Yeah, he, I mean, You have so, to be able to adapt to situations. You do. Well, yeah. I mean, I, supp- I suppose, though, once you've taken your fifth, ta- you, once you've got your selection of takers, then you don't change them. So that's no, but, yeah, but the thing is, he's, he's working them out. It, England took absolutely ages to work out who their penalty takers were. Mm. Let's get that right. They've, Italy, they've, been, they've been planning this for two years. Italy yeah. was bang, 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 bang. They were ready. Yeah. England took ages. Yeah. He obviously was unsure because he took ages. Yeah. Well, he brought Sancho and Rashford on, who obviously exactly. both missed. Sure. But I, I, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of, that's interesting as I well. I want to talk about that as well, actually. Fine. Very quickly, though, I just wanted to say that you can't see Saka play the way he played and say... The the, penalty, the most important penalty of the lot at the fifth one, and if he misses it, England don't win a final for mm. the first time in half a century, and you think that's still the right decision. Mm. You have to know when you're selecting your players that the fifth penalty could be really important, yet they still give it to him. I thought, I thought, I thought, you never know what condition people are in physically and mentally, and it's difficult from the sidelines. I was disappointed Stone didn't step up. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed a more a more experienced player didn't step up. And I think it was the wrong call. And I thought that at the time, and I still think it's the wrong call now. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, when Saka stepped up, you know, when, when Pickford saved Jorginho's penalty, I just thought it delayed the inevitable, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. And when it soon felt as, like that. Yeah, and when Saka stepped up, I thought there's no way he's mm. scoring. Yeah, the um, I, I suppose it speaks of, of, of what we mentioned before about Mancini and Southgate. I feel like Southgate knows the personality of his players better than Mancini, and Mancini trusts the talent of his players. Mm. And... I thought, you know, let's start with with Sancho and Rashford. I, I understand bringing on players to take penalties is pretty pretty common practice. What I don't get is leaving it so late and therefore enhancing the pressure on them. I think at least give them 10 minutes in the second half of extra time whereby it's not so obvious to them or rather not so, I don't know, it, it feels like it would soften the blow of being brought on to take a penalty to think, Okay, try and affect the game in ten minutes, but you know you're going to be one of our penalty takers. Mm-hmm. I feel like it helps the mentality a bit, it puts for, them slightly at ease. For me, Vish, and I can't say this enough. And I know we, we we have to go to the break. Like, I can't stress it enough. Right, you need people need to understand the whole genesis of what a penalty actually is. The whole genesis of what a penalty is is you are an attacking player. Yeah, yeah. You've been impinged or fouled or stopped unfairly, so we are going to give you an advantage, which generally speaking is going to result in a goal, right? So all the advantages with the attacking player, I don't know. And apart from the fact that it's the, it's the occasion, it's the mentality, it's I will never be able to replicate that in my own life, so I can't understand it. I can't fully empathise with it. But I don't know why the players... Rashford is an easy one to pick out because he's hit the post and he's missed. Now he's missed. He's, he's not hit the target and that's not really something you can defend. And he is a penalty taker. He's a penalty taker. He's a high profile penalty taker. Yeah. What Rashford yeah. does is he, and Jorginho's the same and he normally scores but he missed last night. What Rashford does mm-hmm. is he waits for the keeper and then he puts it in the other corner. But do you know what? He doesn't always do that. No, well, that's doesn't. what he did last night. Yeah, that's what he did last yeah. night. But he sometimes laces them. My point is you don't need to do that. The advantage mm. is already with you. I don't know why they're not doing what Harry Kane does. Maybe it's a poor example because he missed against Denmark. And I think he understands why he missed. And that's why he put it right last night. Yep. It's a process. Kane, after the, in the post-match interview, was talking about process. Mm. Look at what Kane does. He does that little fucking trot. And he does it. It's exactly the same in principles what Johnny Wilkinson used to do in rugby for England. And it, he was the best kicker in the world for ages because it was a metronomic thing. But that, but that process as well is what they used against Colombia in 2018. It was the, um, you pick your spot and you take it. There's a word for it, I forget. You don't wait for the keeper. You know, it's it's almost like... Uh, it, they, call it the, uh, they call it the man in the crowd because that's what Johnny Wilkinson used to do. He used to pick a spot 
where he picked someone in the crowd right. and because they were far away he said he'd always look like his nan <laughs> so he'd pick out his nan nice but that's what they, but yeah. that's what they did against Colombia and, and that's what Rashford did against Colombia and what he normally does for Manchester United and and when he missed that I thought yeah yeah. yeah. But uh, so, sorry, go on. No, no I was just going to say, Italy, we're, we're kind of nitpicking here. Um, Italy deserve to win it. Yeah. yeah. I'm disappointed in how it transpired. I thought England could have been better. They weren't. The penalty shootout was a penalty shootout. I don't want to blame people individually. I think we've moved beyond that. The consciousness has been raised as a society who support England about blaming individuals or relying on individuals to be successful for us. As Gareth Southgate said himself, you win and lose as a team. And I completely agree with that. Mm. But we got to, we got to pour over it some way. Yeah, so we yeah, have to yeah, talk yeah. about what, we, what, what could have been better. So absolutely. look, congratulations to Italy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's have a quick break. I had to get one through, and I picked up a little Argentinian. And I ended up having to take a couple of free transfers. It was one of Daniel's specials. We were trying to get a couple of players in, at the top of my shopping list, but they were both free transfers. You mean you've made your name as a wheeler and dealer? There's not no, been much wheeling and dealing, you know? Fuck off. Fuck off, no! I've Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. I'll tell you something, after a tournament, especially with, with such heartbreak for England... Oh, we're back now. It's so back. nice. <laughs> you know, I never thought that hearing Harry Redknapp's voice would, just, would be just the tonic, yeah. uh, to be quite frank. All right, everybody, it's time for emails. An email from Gareth, not that one. He knows not to show his face here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that. <laughs> Imagine if it was actually. <laughs> I'm really proud of the players. Thanks for emailing, Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> Doing more media. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Steve Holland, assistant to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things we could say about last night, but regardless of what happened, I'm so phenomenally proud of that group of players. Nobody could beat us in open play. We took the best side in the competition to penalties. Gareth Southgate and those players made us all believe, made us all feel something special, and after the last 15 months, it's exactly what we needed. Sure, it hurts now, but I've never felt like this watching England. I'll defend Saka, Sancho and Rashford like they're my blood brothers for having the balls to stand up and take a pen. It hurt today, and it'll hurt tomorrow. September, we go again, and I absolutely want to be at Wembley to cheer them on against Andorra as we move into the next chapter. The rave isn't off. We're just having to listen to the fucking annoying adverts we can't skip. <laughs> what adverts are there at a rave? <laughs> what kind of rave of Gareth? Uh, going someone to? who hasn't played, hasn't, hasn't signed up to Spotify. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I've been at those parties. <laughs> so, it's interesting in Gareth's email, he says, uh, um, I and those players, Gareth Southgate and those players have made us believe. Thanks for that, Gareth. Uh, Joel Cowles has also been in touch. Hello to you, Joe. Thank you very much for emailing. And he says, for nearly 30 years, supporting England has consumed my sporting passion. Uh, for the most part, the football and management has been an absolute shower of shite. <laughs> However, it's been an amazing and strange journey. From Yuri Geller to Ireland Drury. Why is he getting a mention? Yeah, again. Yeah. For Wembley toilet cubicles, cubicles to oxygen tents. From Eureka Johnson to Faria Alam. Dentist chairs. 
metatarsals, the Capello Index, Bard and Barden, Wags, Penalties, a Wally with a Brolly, Pints of Wine and Waistcoats. Looking back, it's all been so surreal. Bat shit crazy. It's been quite the ride. I hope this tournament will bring more people into the weird and wonderful world of supporting England. I do, I do love that. And I think one mustn't forget, you know, we can pour over the final as, as, as we did in the first half there. But what is football about? It's to give you a bit of cheer. Yeah, because I, I, again, I was sitting in the stands in Italy celebrating. So, and I just thought to myself, tomorrow the sun comes up, or, yeah. the, or the clouds come yeah, out. Yeah, it's raining. Um, yeah. You know, we go to work. The, the, every, everything returns to me. It doesn't really make a difference. It gives you that nice warm glow. But it's the same glow that we had against Germany, that we had against Denmark. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, and, uh, and don't get me wrong, I'd have bloody loved it. Of course, I wanted England to win. But this is what it's about. And and. Oh my goodness, it's it's been great. Yeah, it has been great. Like, don't don't lose sight of that. Russia 2018, even though they only beat Tunisia, Panama, and Sweden. I know we keep citing Russia 2018, but you have to remember that we've been doing this show since 2007. This is our seventh we... tournament. Yeah. Now since then, up until Russia, it was a it was shite. Yeah. It really, really was because we go on about World Cup 90 and 96. Because the two semi-finals, they were anomalies. Yeah, ninety-eight was was nice for a moment or two, and two thousand and two, nice for a moment or two. But really, it wasn't. It's been it's been drivel until Southgate came over. Absolutely, came came on board and has changed things. He so didn't actually, come over. He is he? I use yeah. English. Yeah. He came over here. He's three four three. And uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and it, I, of course, you want to win it. You know, you want to know what it's like to wake up the next morning and go. We're the bloody European champions, you know, something yeah. like that. But actually, it's it has been great, and that's what football's about. We we talked about the idea, and we've talked about this lots. Where you say, when it comes to England and the major tournament, what's what's it actually all about? You've done a really good job of summing that up there. But the, what I would add to that is mm. that when you're in the middle of, a, of an international tournament and you're supporting England, and you go to the pub to watch a game, or you know you, you're doing whatever, or you're at work, and you go home and you, you're looking forward to it, to watching a match on the telly or whatever, and you look in the mirror mm. and you think. Do I sincerely believe that England could win this? And every single minute that mm. you sincerely believe that England have got a chance of winning this tournament and you genuinely feel it mm -hmm. is a victory to be an England fan. <laughs> yeah. And we've had more minutes yeah. of that yeah. in these last two tournaments than the, probably the last however many years of my life put together. I mean, it, you probably go back to 2006 if you're being generous. For me, it was probably 2002, 2004. But it's been a long time since I've felt that. Yeah, but I suppose the, the the idea of the of the genuine the, the minutes that you genuinely believe, if you like, I can't think of a good. Yeah, but two thousand six is, is fifteen years ago. Exactly, and two thousand two, I got to the quarter final. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You've yeah. Got, once you're in the semi final, <clears throat> you're part of this conversation, totally. right? So, to me, what Southgate's delivered to this team has been genuine hope and genuine belief. And you have to remember, and it's hard to remember this now. Maybe you don't want to remember it because it's the morning after the night before. Mm -hmm. Like only one team can win this tournament. Yeah, and, only one. And the best team in the tournament did win it. You don't always say exactly. that about in, uh, about international tournaments. I mean, you, you know, you you one one sort of starts looking ahead. There's a lot of young players and and uh, in the side, and it and it, was, it was does bode well for for the, the the future. You could say. I know that's not the way it always works out. Um, but we do look ahead to Qatar. Uh, uh, you know, it's a year and a half away, and. I don't know, Vish, you know, there's only one player over 30, which is Carl Walker, and presumably his pace won't drop off that much in, uh, in, in a year and a half. You certainly hope not, but it's, it's still a good, it's still, you know, there's still hope. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the, um, we, we, we've joked before about how, you know, the England camp, it does look like, you know, the, the best lads holiday. And obviously, <laughs> you know, it comes to an end because the most important thing is, is mm -hmm. winning and, and they didn't win. 
but there's a kind of long term feel around the England team mm-hmm. that I know we've we've mentioned it a few times in the past. That there's a, pl- a bit of a template, do you think? Wait, so it's it's more than a template, isn't it? Like mm. so, a lot of the, a lot of the conversation around the England team recently is, has been how it's at odds with the current political landscape and how mm-hmm. it's doing wonderful things for the country and the country's moving in a better place. And now I I don't really believe that. Um, as I said off mic, I think if you need. England doing well at a football <laughs> tournament to to you know create this atmosphere. We are buggered. Yeah. Then it's clearly not sustainable. Yeah. You know we know that we can't just. I was thinking, what if if we win? Mm. Would we have to? If we'd have won, would we have had to do what Trump did when he won the election and he just kept having rallies because he just had to write? How do we how do we keep hold of this feeling? We've got no plan yeah. in place. Another open top bus tour with yeah. the boys. Yeah. yeah, and that ended up with him completely trying to delegitimize the entire democratic process. Yeah. So. I mean, what are you going to do next then? Just pretend the rules are different. Yeah. Pick the ball up, throw it in the net. It's a goal! A fucking goal! You can't do that. Sack and misses and they just stay where they are. Well, yeah. another one. Just take the downsides down 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 of that outweigh the benefit. You can't have 13 men on the pitch at once. We're going to do our own tournament. We're going to do our own tournament. <laughs> to be fair, some of the scenes yesterday at Wembley was reminiscent of the yeah, White House. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what has been sustainable is that People want to play for England again. Yeah, yeah. And, Whether and, it's a friendly, people mm, people want to go. People, yeah. people feel part of it. There are Ben Whites. Yes. In the country right now, we think, fuck, he's watching me. Yeah, he and, is watching and, me, and, and that looks like the most. Well, fun. Connor Cody said it was the best six weeks of his life, and yeah. he's not played a minute. Well, and, and exactly, <laughs> yeah. and that shows you, and that's one thing that you, you buy. Player into. of the tournament, Connor Cody. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, but but it's true, and and the connection with the team and the fans again is there. And again, that's not just Southgate. Southgate is a huge part of that. But that's there's so much goes into it. We talk about Southgate because he's the figurehead for this, understandably. There has been so much work go into this. And we used to pull our hair out, Luke, you know, years ago doing um, podcasts on this about, you know, there didn't seem to be too much joined up thinking. But actually the FA and and, and the England camp have done a lot, actually, in, in, in recent years. And we, we're just seeing the fruits of that. And you want that great feeling among the players. You want them, as you say, to play for, for for England again. Belgium have done not too dissimilar thing. You know, a lot of Belgium fans used to go, some of them would go and watch France, some would go and watch Netherlands. There wasn't that much interest in the national team. And they hosted Euro 2000 or co-hosted Euro 2000. And that didn't really get them going. And Belgium are a, a smaller country and they sort of come and go. And they have shone quite brightly in these last sort of uh, couple of tournaments or whatever. But they've done it under different managers. I know Martinez has been in charge of this one and the last one, but it's it was exactly other. Was say, yeah. But it was other managers before. But that good feeling in the camp and the and the fans being engaged with the national team again, different to England, I understand. But the, but the, the comparisons can be made has carried over. So it doesn't mean to say that it's all all doom and gloom. And even if Southgate, I mean, I would have very much thought he would be in charge in in Qatar. But it's not like oh, when he goes. This idea of parachuting the manager in like England have done before, it seems to be the groundwork is there. Yeah. You look at the way players want to yeah. play for England. You look at the way, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show or not, but there's been many articles in The Athletic and one or two other places written about how um, playing for England, it's... Some people say this about going to... Not that I've been, of course, but some people might say this about going to, say, Oxford or Cambridge University or something like that. You have incredible tradition and credible history you don't want to be ex- feel excluded and feel small because of that history. You want to be inspired by it. Yeah. And there's something about having those traditions. Tradition and history and prestige in of itself is not a bad thing. How do you use that? England yeah. do have a, 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 you know quite the history in football. I understand not with, with, with victories, of course, but there is a rich history of football there and Southgate has channeled that. 
And, and, and the FA are trying to channel that. For example, when they get given their international caps, they used to be sent them through the post. Yeah. Which is fine. And I'm sure... as, as a time, ceremony now, isn't there? As, but there's a bit of a ceremony. You have former players handing the caps over. It's kind of like, you are welcome... Everyone is welcome into this thing but, and be inspired and you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself, but mm. let it inspire you, yeah. not bring fear into you. Yeah, and the, the the difference with the Belgium thing is Belgium, that good feeling in Belgium has been carried by by some superstars, mm. by some really visible presences, I suppose, on, on global stages. You know, yeah. De Bruyne, Lukaku, yeah. it's been a huge part of that. Hazard, of course, mm-hmm. Courtois. With England, though, you feel like, and I'm only saying this because it happened with the England ODI squad um, last week. If there was, you know, ahead of that friendly against Andorra, if mm. there was, you know, a, a spate of COVID cases and they all had to isolate mm. and they had to bring in a completely new 23 man squad, they would all walk through that door mm. and think something as we mentioned on Saturday, I'm going to leave this cap in a better place. It might it might be my only one. But not only that, I know what's expected of me. Exactly. I'm coming yeah. into it. I'm coming into And I know I criticised it in the first half saying the culture is, is there for a reason. It clearly is there for a reason. It's a reason there because we can get as high-minded about it as we mm-hmm. want, but the reason that culture is being installed is because everyone there wants to win something, right? Yeah. So it, it is all linked. Yeah, but your point is but still valid. Ultimately but... now, for the first time, they're coming in, mm-hmm. these new players, and they're going to know what's expected of them and, and what, what the culture dictates and what, what it means for them and how they have to adjust to it and how they have to kind of improve it and like Vish says make, you know, leave the cap in a better place or the shirt in a better place than when they found it and talking about this England team and this England squad you know being this you know the, 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 yeah, the cure for all societies ills in this country and Vish is absolutely right to point that out as being nonsense <laughs> it is nonsense but not only that it misses the point mm. the point isn't that the point is this is a group of young men, and I'm sure it'll be the same for for the women's um, squad as well next year. This is the group. This is a group of young men who are showing that they're diverse, that they're respectful, that they can carry themselves with great dignity and pride and professionalism. And the dedication it takes to get to the level they've got to is something to be aspired to and something to be admired. And it might not be as a footballer because not everyone or hardly anyone gets to play football at a professional level. But if you can take those principles of how you carry yourself and how professional you are and how respectful you are and how um, grateful you are to be where you are and how humble you can be, and you can apply those to whatever profession you've chosen yourself, it's a great example to be set. That wasn't there before, but mm. it is there now. Ultimately, I want England to win. Mm. That's, I'd love England to win a tournament in my lifetime. Mm. You know, none of us are getting any younger. No. You know, I'd love, for example... You know, we do this show. We're, we're football fans as well, right? We're England fans as well. I, my granddad's eighty-nine years old. I loved him to have seen England win a tournament yeah. again last night. You know, my uncle who inspired me into what liking football. He died like a few years ago, never seeing England win um, as an adult. You know, he was desperate for it. I'd love for him to do it for him as well. But we've all got these personal stories. We, everyone's journey's different. So ultimately, we want him to win because we want that glory and want to be able to kind of say this means a lot to us. But we should be very proud of what this England team are able to do. And if it can continue, as Vish and you are saying, Marcus, throughout, and people know what's expected of them, and they can preserve that, it'll kind of be a matter of time because it's showing Mm -hmm. that it's not just the fact that we've got really talented players and we've invested in our youth and we've got this whole much more joined up thinking, but that the culture means that they are set up to achieve. Mm. And not everyone can win. We talked about Belgium. They've not won a thing, but they've done well. They've Mm. shone brightly, as you've said. And if England can go that one step further, it'll be even better. As they say, if something's good, it's never gone. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Gentlemen, looking back on the tournament, um, and it's been a great tournament. It really has. Really has, It's yeah. been absolutely brilliant. Ever since it started in 2020. <laughs> 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 yeah. the, the, was it worth the wait? Uh, it's been, it, you know, straight from the off, the Italians, they were involved in the first game of the tournament and the last game of the tournament. And 
and and and gave a, a, an incredible account of themselves. You know, but straight from the off in Rome, um, with with a bit of Nessum Dorma, uh, that you know what a, what a, what a start it was. But throughout the tournament, some great games. I mean, two of the the the, the best games, of course. You know, France, Switzerland, and Spain, Croatia. On, on yeah. the same day, amazing. The That's day. the best day of tournament football I've ever seen. Well, and and but but perhaps the 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 last day of the I'll say the last day is if it's a season the, mm. the, the the climax of the group of death uh, with Hungary and Germany and, yeah, and, and what a day that was. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and there's some great forgotten goals like uh, Benzema's Martin. Patrick Schick and, and Sch- oh, well, oh, what a go- no, but as in uh, didn't actually matter in terms of Benzema. Ask Vish about the little car. The little car. I'm talking about Benzema and Pogba's goals against uh, France, Switzerland, just to get that out. But yes, go on. The yeah. little car. You enjoy the We're little car. We all want to talk about the little car. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant, wasn't it? Like, the guy... it came from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. You didn't yeah. expect it. What, what, what is this? Yeah. I was thinking, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it a protest or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so, um, you know, our predictions are going to come out, uh, I think, over social media, you were yeah. saying before. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I wrote a few things in there that, you know, of a mad shit that we were going to see. Didn't come close to a little car no. coming onto the pitch <laughs> and delivering the You'd football. You'd have to have quite the creative imagination to have predicted that. Yeah. I, also, I look forward to Peter. Uh, <laughs> I, I also quite like the, you know, um, gay rights was, was quite a big factor during during the tournament because of not just the fact that it corresponded with Pride Month, but also certain issues that people had bringing rainbow flags to certain places, notably Hungary. Um, and I quite like that yesterday UEFA thought, well, why don't we, we can we just convince them that we saved up all our gay for the last game? Because <laughs> yeah. it's really a camp opening ceremony, little car coming on in rainbow colours, love all that. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say though, and I, this might sound a bit twee, but fucking fair play to the players. Obviously, you know, they're in privileged positions at the best of times because they do something we love and a lot of them get paid very well for it. But, after the relentless slog of the last wow. 12, 13 months, yeah. to, to have done what they've done, to have entertained us so, mm. it's remarkable, really. It I it's been very entertaining overall, hasn't it? Yeah. It has, yeah. Very, very, few, very, best. Few, yeah. Yeah. very few stinkers. Absolutely right. And it was and it was great that, 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 that a goalkeeper, despite all the goals going in, a goalkeeper's player of the tournament. For mm. one of the most exciting teams as well. Yeah. They, uh, they were joint top scorers with Spain, yeah. Italy, with 13 goals, yeah. Mm. And he, he gets it. And, and, he, and he's the, the player of the tournament, my goodness. My goodness. Um, oh, and uh, by the way, don't forget that before the tournament, all eight uh, of us at the Football Ramble, we, we painstakingly put our, uh, together our predictions for Euro 2020. You can find out how um, we all got on by checking uh, Football Ramble social media accounts. Search uh, Football Ramble on Twitter and uh, Insta to find us there. So that's where our predictions will be. I yeah. know that's uh, an, an enjoyable part I of it. I didn't want the indignity of reading it out on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're going to send any of you, as we said before on the show, send it to Andy Brassel for steering us all wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he never steered me wrong. I, 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 I cannot tell you how much I hope he's, he picked Turkey to win it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, he would have had the maybe dark horse. So we, we never see each other's predictions. So I'll be as um, interested to see as all the listeners are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Brassel has gone Turkey... To, to win the whole thing, I mm-hmm. think we should sack him. Yeah. I think we should literally sack him. France Turkey final. Yeah, yeah <laughs> although I did, I, I think sacking Andy Brassel, we would be machine gunning ourselves. Causing ourselves more problems, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh dear. But there we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's been, it's been, incredible. It's been emotional. It's been it emotional. Has, it has. Thank you so much uh, again for, for journeying with us through this this tournament. Absolutely. My goodness, to see England in a final was just 
something I never thought I would uh, would see, perhaps. Yeah. But roll on Qatar. Yeah. Okay? Well, we'll have some local support. And I'll tell you something. The reason why I say that, <laughs> the spectre of the feast in Qatar, he'll come good for us. Old Richard Keyes. Yeah. He'll He's be there. His whole life for this. And I'll tell you something. If we cannot win a tournament where Richard Keyes is putting a bloody good word in for us. I'll tell you what. Richard Keyes has moved to Qatar, you know, literally years before this tournament to, genius, position, genius. to position himself front and centre. Yeah. Um, for for when it for when it rolls around uh-huh. at the um, at the behest, but basically what he's done in return for that is he's essentially made himself a, a, the fact that he can't go back to his own country. Uh, so, so I hope we, worth, we've got to go to him. We've got to qualify first, by the way. I hope it's worth it, Richard. I hope he can qualify as well. Yeah. yeah. But what we should say is the way you said that, Marcus, was mm. like we 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 will be back for the World Cup. I mean, we probably are going to cover the Premier League <laughs> next season as well. You know, it's not that we are we are going to be back in about two weeks' time or something. Also, it felt like you were announcing him as as the future dignitary we've got Tom Cruise on Sunday yeah. and Richard Keyes yeah Who? driving the little car yeah Who? oh imagine him in the little car the football car. ramble Richard <laughs> uh, I've never heard of them <laughs> dearie me well we are taking a break here at the football ramble for the next two weeks but tomorrow and Wednesday we're bringing you our favourite clips through from throughout the Euros after that we're showcasing some of the best football content from across the stack network until Friday 23rd of July You'll hear some of our bonus episodes from our Patreon archives as well as some of our favourite episodes this season from Football Ramble Presents and Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy. We'll be back with a brand new season of the Ramble schedule on Monday, 26th of July. Not much of a pre-season for us. It's not much of a break for us. Well. Two weeks. It's been... It's, it's, time just felt like a holiday during the. Well, what a joy. What a joy. Absolutely. Should we go and see Salt Bay? That's what people do. <laughs> <Yeah, on the laughs> going to Dubai. Is he in Dubai? Oh, I think so, yeah. Doha? Wow. Cocktails with Keezy and, uh, that's and the what, boys. That's what he always does. Wow. <laughs> He's a deviant, video. isn't he? Yeah, Brassel <laughs> hates him. I found some yeah, of Brassel. Yeah, rightly so, yeah. I found three people Brassel hates. Two of them, I Don't, can't say yeah, on Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> They're in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is, um, one of them is Salt Bay. <laughs> Right, okay. Yeah. I always send him videos of salt bay. <laughs> That's why he hates him. Sometimes I send them. Yeah. If I'm up late and I know his phone will be on silent, yeah, yeah. I'll send him a salt bay video when it's wet. So for the first thing he sees, he goes, Oh, Luke sent me a message. Mm. And I always get a laughing emoji and fuck off at the end. Yeah. yeah. Excellent there stuff. There we are, everybody. Thank you very much, though. What a great tournament. Thank you very much. As I say, bonus content um, for, 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 you know, the meantime. And then we're back on 26th of July. Can I just say, um, I'm coming up to a year on the Football Ramble. Maybe oh, yeah. I've even ticked over. You want to go for a drink what, or something? What a joy. <laughs> Thursday's good. Yeah. <laughs> but generally, what a joy it's been. Oh. Um, just, I feel like this has been the dessert of what has been a pretty special, yeah, pretty Super. special Premier League season. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I can't wait to get going again. Well, it's not about you, Marcus, but I thought he was going to put a transfer request in. <laughs> Yeah. Chimbonderesque. Out of stock. He sort of weakened his position in the negotiation <laughs> yeah. table, hasn't he? Yeah. No, uh, but, but Vish, it's been marvellous. Yeah. Part of the furniture. Yeah, you, Andy, Jules, and Kate have all been great. And we, we, we're bloody lo- lucky. It's been to have fucking you. Bit. And thank you for the ramble love from the listeners as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Great. Stick Lovely. with us, guys. We're going again next season. Absolutely right. See you then. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.